Check one, two, three. All right, this is round two, talking some Cavs basketball. Um, man, went and listened to that first episode. Whew. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, either doing a podcast or sports talk radio, and it's, man, you know, it's, it's harder than you think it is because you really have to figure out, you know, talking for a long time is tough, and, you know, you think you've talked forever and barely any time has gone by. I don't know. I feel like I could talk all day long, Um it's just not sounding like a dum-dum the whole time while you do it, you know, listening back. Yeah, I probably say you know about a hundred times, you know, you're stuttering, there's a lot of pauses. It's just, it's tough to talk naturally, especially when you're doing it by yourself. I can keep going and going and going and there's stats and theories and could talk for hours. It's just, man, man, do you sound dumb doing it sometimes. Um, So, here we go. First time, you know, just a little state of the Cavs, you know, did a decent amount of talking about Colin Sexton. Um, speaking of, and today is, what do I say, Wednesday, February 3rd, you know, getting ready to play the Clippers tonight at home. Clippers, tough loss last night to the Nets. That was a good game, man. Whew, Nets at full strength. Kyrie, awesome last night. Um, actually, I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast this morning, and he had a really interesting comparison comparing this year's Brooklyn Nets team to the 2017 Cavs offensively, basically called Cavs 2.0, this Nets team. And it's pretty cool when you think about it. I mean, Kyrie, like you said, Kyrie's in the Kyrie spot. So, you know, Kyrie's playing the same role he did in Cleveland. He can go get you buckets. He can take over games. He, He doesn't always need the ball. You know, he can, you know, in the fourth quarter, he can do Kyrie things. You know, James Harden plays the LeBron role, you know, dominates the ball, good passer, takes it to the hole, strong guy, gets free throws. And then the interesting one, you know, he had, you know, like the, you know, the Joe Harris and like the Kyle Korver type role, that type of deal. Um, a real interesting one is Kevin Durant. You know, it says, you know, Durant plays the, the Kevin Love role where, you're collapsing the defense, you know, Kyrie, Harden are handling the ball. And, you know, if it, you know, the Kevin Love role was shoot threes. Well, you know, Kevin Durant, he can play that role. And then he's also Kevin Durant, <laughs> one of the best scorers of all time. So, I mean, it really puts into perspective, man, you know, the Nets in a playoff series, that's going to be a tough team to stop. Um, digress from there. But what I was getting at with the date was this morning a uh, – Colin Sexton penned a Players Tribune article which came out and it was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, it, you know, if you bared through and listened to that first episode I did, you know, really praising Colin for all his improvements. And in the piece, he talks about how he's always been a guy that's been undersold. You know, he was uh, everyone around the area knew you know, what type of player he was, but, you know, he's kind of late on the recruiting scene. And then in college, I really took that three on five game to get everyone talking about him. Obviously a really rough first year in the NBA, that cap situation was not easy. And, you know, he went into depth with that, but, you know, for a guy that's gotten better and better every single year, it, it, it was a good piece. I mean, basically saying, Hey, you know, the, those Brooklyn games a couple weeks ago, or they pulled off the win. Like that was, you know, that was everyone, saying, hey, the Cavs might have something here. But, you know, Colin's saying, hey, we believed it from the end of last year. You know, when JB took over as coach, you know, he talked about how disappointed the team was, obviously, when COVID paused the season last spring. And, you know, he, he, he said, oh, look, well, we knew. You know, we, didn't, we didn't deserve to go to the bubble. 
But it was kind of this thing, like, man, we were, we were getting it rolling. You know, after they got Drummond and they got JB and they were playing 500 basketball, you know, you had to feel like they were really building something. And obviously he does, and they've come out this year and played essentially 500 basketball through 21 games. So at this point, it's like, look, we knew this was coming. And, and JB challenged the guys in the offseason, Colin was saying, about, you know, hey, don't forget this. Like, just don't let this sink away that you're one of only eight teams who are not having their season extended going down to Orlando to play and the Cavs have carried that and I think a lot of that shows you know hey they came out and started 3 and 0 this year and you know that that was you know probably just you know they seemed like they had a good you know mini camp mini bubble in Cleveland good camp and they you know they were ready to go and you know Colin I mentioned in that first article too or the first episode I did too about how you know I'm not tanking guy I Look, I know the reality of the league. I know it's necessary. You have to win with talent in a small market. What's the best way to get talent? Draft pick. What's the best way to get draft pick? Not be great. You know, I think there's a way to do that without explicitly trying to lose. Um, and this quote from Colin really puts that into perspective. You know, he says those rebuild seasons. You know, they don't happen on paper. They happen in real life. Real dudes have to go out there and take those L's, and those L's take a toll. And you know, couldn't have said it better than that. You know, I know a lot of people on you know NBA Twitter, and I don't know how much sometimes a lot of people actually like basketball as much as they just like talking and gossiping and going over these theories. Because like, it's really easy to just say, "Hey, you know, I, I want to root for my team to win." You know, that's why I, you know I sit down. We sit down eighty-two nights a year, seventy-two this year. You know, for. One, entertainment. Two, like we're deeply into these teams. We want to see them win. I think that's a really easy curve to go like, well, actually, you know, it would be better if they were losing. And it's like, okay, yeah, I guess. But hey, do you want to watch that 82 times a year? If you're a player, like Colin Sexton says, and, it, you know, these things that this, you know, takes its, you know, takes its toll, you know, you start losing. And you know, these are real people. This game isn't played on paper. Um so I thought that was, you know, pretty telling and I you know, I love I love his attitude about that and part of the reason why, you know, they're so excited to feel like this year's a year where people are taking notice and, you know, trying to make that push towards the playoffs and try to win. And the other thing I think he referenced too is, you know, not wanting to be known as LeBron's old team. And I think that's a pretty important thing for this organization. Sometimes I think it is tough for us to really wrap our head around how long the Cavs' entire existence has just been centered around LeBron in one way or another from the awful year that resulted in the Cavs winning the lottery, thanks NBA, when he comes to Cleveland to almost a decade in Cleveland, he leaves to go to Miami. The whole story then from the time he was in Miami till – I'm coming home was, you know, LeBron's doing his thing, but here's the Cavs and here's the Cavs after LeBron left. And it's post LeBron. Everything is, this is the first thing post LeBron, the first that post LeBron. And they were bad. And of course, everything was building up. They had assets and, you know, Kyrie was a heck of a player and they were able to swing a move for love and LeBron comes back. And then you have four great years with LeBron. LeBron leaves again, goes to Los Angeles the year after, things were kind of a disaster, and it was post-LeBron. This is the Cavs without LeBron. And now I think we're coming to that period where 
you know, the organization is building an identity that doesn't in a way revolve around LeBron James or have, you know, LeBron James as as the past beacon or the potential future beacon. You know, these are this is a new group of guys who's carving this thing out on their own accord. You know, for Darius Garland and Colin Sexton and Isaac Okoro, Jared Allen, Dylan Windler. I mean, these are guys, you know, they weren't around the LeBron Cavs. The banners are there. The highlights are there. You've got a couple guys still left on the roster. Uh, you know, obviously guys are still left within the organization, but it's a different coaching staff. I think, you know, I think it's time that, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, like he said, you get recognized for having an identity. Like these are the identity. It's not just, hey, LeBron used to be here. Look at this group of guys. Like, is that these can be Colin Sexton's calves. These can be Darius Garland's calves. Like this is a, a new generation. You know, the past was awesome, but you know, I'm not, I'm not living the past guy. Um, you know, so I thought those were, you know, just some pretty cool things from that. And, you know, if you don't get fired up as a Cavs fan, listening to, you know, reading Colin Sexton's stuff, seeing the way he works, seeing his body language, I can't help you. Um, you know, I know we debated for a long time about him. Like Colin Sexton's a player. He's here to stay. He's, uh, he's an awesome face for this franchise. Um, so I want to talk a little bit today about Darius Garland, number five overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft. You know, he misses almost all of his lone collegiate season at Vanderbilt. Comes in last year, turns 20 years old during the season. Um, you know, he's, he, he's working off of knee injury. And, you know, you can tell this – and it's tough to say with guys a lot of times when you're thinking, hey, this – you know, we know he's not at, at 100%. He's working back from the knee. But, yeah, that's the only Darius we'd ever seen. You know, like this year, you know, if you've watched the Cavs play, you notice, man, Darius is quick. And, and you didn't necessarily see that last year. And so last year, I mean, hey, well, you know, Darius didn't have a great year. <laughs> you know, by a lot of metrics, he was one of the worst players in the NBA. Now, if you break it down to a more micro level and you go into his, you know, January, February a little bit in you know before um when he was hurt at the end right before covid hit and then covid hits you know he was getting better he he had some good games in there um you know i specifically remember i remember there was a game i believe there's a couple of games i think they maybe won in detroit and then maybe went to denver and won a game um and he had a stretch there he played pretty well and i think they went to denver maybe to la he had a kind of a decent west coast trip but it, anyways it you know it was a it was a rough rookie season for darius and it, you know the nba is not kind to young guards it's you know especially guys you know darius garland and he's you know listed at 6-1 you know Listed at 192 pounds, Darius Garland is a Darius Garland's a thin dude, man. <laughs> I mean, he he moves well, um, but hey, it's you know NBA is not you know NBA is a grown man's league. NBA is not built for young guys like that. And um, you know, this year I think we're really seeing for the first time a glimpse of Darius Garland and what he can potentially be as a player, what he brings to the table. You know, obviously, his like I said, his quickness is really showing through this year. You know, you look at his vision as a passer. I mean, he's averaging five and a half assists a game. 
and I think his assist percentage, uh, let me check it out here. Yeah, his assist percentage at 28.4%. So, you know, it's assist percentage, the amount of, the percentage of shots, a teammate's points he's assisting when he's on the floor. You know, that's, you know, 28.4, that's a pretty nice percentage. Um, you know, a game the other night, you know, he comes out of the gate, he has 7.6 assists in the, in the, uh, the game of referencing the win over the 198 win Monday night against the Timberwolves. He has 7.6 assists out the jump, comes out in the, you know, in the fourth quarter, makes some good plays, some good reads. Man, that one, one player he was driving in the lane, I'm sure you guys remember this, you watched the game, and he just kind of doesn't even look. He's going full throttle towards the hole, but he senses, you know, Darius is such a, he's such a gifted passer. He doesn't have to see things in front of him. He senses Colin, whips it back around, finds Colin at the top of the key. Colin knocks down a pretty big triple at that point of the game, um, and that's just one of those plays where it's like, yeah, I mean, this guy, he can run an offense. I mean, and this, you know, this can be Darius Garland's show, and he can do some special things. Now, when you look at, you know, you kind of, you know, I love to go on basketball reference and compare guys, you know, at different stages of their career. I mean, if you know, basketball reference, you can go on there and you can, you know, get any player at, at any year of their career compared to another player, another year at their career. It's really a great tool. And, you know, I don't know about you, but it, it's it's tough for me to compare like one to one. I know we we love to compare to past players sometimes, but I think that's tough, especially now because the game's played so differently. Three point rate is so much higher. Uh, the game, there's so many more possessions in a game. It's faster. It's just tough to compare. You know, I know you can do the 36 minutes per 100 possession, all that, but it's just it, it becomes tougher to do it over different eras. You know, one guy I compared Darius to head-to-head looking at, and a lot of it's just because of the way they're built. You know, they're both 6'1", both slender builds. Both are really gifted passers and gifted shooters. Um, You know, Trey Young gets a lot of pub in Atlanta, and, you know, deservedly so. Trey Young's a really good young player, one of the young faces of the league. Trey's in his third year. You know, he was in the same draft class as Colin Sexton. So he's a year ahead of Darius in his development. And, you know, there's some things when you dig in the stats that, you know, you look at what Trey Young does and you look at Darius's game. And in a way, you know, obviously you're trying to maximize these guys. And, you know, as a young player, it's tough in the NBA. But, you know, right now that, you know, the Cavs, if you look at the NBA team statistics right now, Cavs are last in the NBA in three-point attempts per game at 26.9. Um, the Knicks are 29th next to last at 27.1. Then Memphis is 28th at 30.2. So that's a pretty big drop-off. You know, the, and obviously the Knicks play, you know, Tom Thibodeau ball. The Cavs and JB, you know, they're really focused on the defensive end of the floor. You know, we joke about it all the time, but they kind of play an old-school 90s style, you know, feeding the ball inside. The guys, you know, Andre Drummond's got a 32% usage rate. You know, everyone talks to death about Andre Drummond. We're not going to get into that. Um, But he has a high – and I realize that usage rate, and he takes up a lot of possessions. And so, you know, what I'm going into now, I mean – Maybe it's not the way the Cavs 100% want to play right now, but I think when you're putting your future behind two young guards, two smallish guards, but two guards who can both shoot the basketball pretty well from outside, and Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, I just think they need to do more to allow those guys to create and shoot the ball from outside. You know, this year, Darius Garland, you know, he's shooting the ball 42% from three. 
is what it is. You know, he's only averaging four and a half attempts a game. Um, you know, and his his three point attempt rate is just a little bit. You know, it's thirty one point seven percent, just a little bit shy of thirty two percent. You know, and, you, and that, that's why I wanted to bring up Trey Young. It's an interesting comparison to, you know, this is Darius's second season in the NBA. It's his age 21 season. You know, Trey Young last year in the 1920 season, his age 21 season, he have you know, he, he put up, you know, and he has a lot more, I don't know if a lot more freedom, but you can't compare teams one-to-one, but he averaged nine and a half three-point attempts a game. You know, he shot at 36%. Obviously, the more that you shoot, the more likely that number is going to skew, but I, I don't know. I mean, Darius, I, I think Darius can, I'm not getting into the potential three-point percentages, but, you know, Darius is every bit the shooter that Trey Young is. Um, and, you know, tra- in that same year, Trey Young's three-point attempt rate it was 45.5%. So almost half of his attempts were three-point shots. You know, I think that's I think that's something important because I think you're really limiting Darius's potential at a certain point by not finding and a lot of it is hesitancy too and I've noticed guys have been hesitant to pull the trigger at times this year Darius included. Um but you know, I think it's tough and you're limiting guys potential. You know, Darius is a guy you know, I think ideally you'd like to see him get off six, seven three-point attempts a game. I said, heck, even even if Darius went from 4.4 three-point attempts to 8.4 a game, and that was the only change in the Cavs' offense, they'd still only be 25th in three-point attempts a game. You know, that put them just a little over 30, little under 31 attempts a game. League average at 15th is 35 attempts a game. Um, you know, I, you know, I just think that when you compare the players and the passing ability and the shooting ability. I think that opens up a lot too for Darius. You know, once teams respect his length, and Darius has got a really good pull-up three-pointer game, kind of similar to Trey Young, and he he's quick. It can create shots off the dribble. And you know, that opens everything up for other guys too. I mean, it, you know, it's it's going to create more assist opportunities. It's going to create other things all over the court. And, you know, I know a lot of people joked, you know, the other night with uh, Drummond out and Jared Allen in there. And, you know, he put a, a smaller Torian Prince at the four, you know, instead of Larry Nance, you know, how much better the spacing looked. And again, I'm not, you know, who, you know, the, the Cavs are trying to do what they're trying to do right now. So this isn't obviously, uh, you know, it could be something where they say, hey, you know, we want to limit our three point attempts. We want to slow it down. We want to work inside out. But, you know, like I said, I think potent. You know, eventually, when you're centered on these young guards, you know, you, you're gonna have to give them an opportunity to do what they do best. You know, this year, you know, Colin Sexton, he's averaging three point nine three point attempts a game. You know, shooting it at forty three and a half percent. You know, you know, for Colin's career, he's darn near a forty percent three throw sh- three point shooter. He's averaging thirty nine point six percent. So, you know, another guy, you know. You get Colin Sexton up to that five, six, seven three-point attempts a game. Um, you know, I was looking at another comparison, and the comparison a lot of people like to make with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton is the Portland Trailblazers: Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, two smallish scoring guards in the backcourt. And you know, this and this year has been a little bit of an outlier for those guys, and they're really letting it fly this year. You know, Dame's averaging 
10 and a half three-point attempts a game. C.J. McCollum's averaging 11 a game. No coincidence that team is leading the NBA in three-point attempts per game right now. And uh, <laughs> But even I even went back the last six years, and the last six years those two guys have been together, um, you know, their lowest for a season three-point attempt combined was – I think it was 12.2, and that was, you know, I think Dame averaging 7.7 attempts a game, CJ averaging 5.5. You know, that's really kind of a model that you'd like to see Darius and Colin get to. You know, Darius, you know, if you can get Darius, you know, between seven and eight attempts a game, Colin between five and six. And, you know, hey, Colin's a really good three-point shooter, too. You know, a lot of his, he, you know, he loves that as, you know, as Austin Collar calls it his sweet spot, you know, getting into the lane, that little, uh, that little runner in there. Darius has got a good floater, too, as well. But, you know, digressing from that, I, I just think that's kind of the way the Cavs have got to, have got to start trying to gear their offense a, a little bit more. Um, and, you know, these guys can do it. It's not like you're trying to force a, you know, square peg into a round hole. And, you, you know, you look at a guy like Trey Young and what he brings to the table and, you know, even his, you know, you, you know, Trey Young's obviously kind of, you know, notorious at drawing fouls as well. But, you know, he's, when he's I mean, gosh, he's only, <laughs> his free throw rate's 44.8% this year. So, you know, he's really getting to the free throw line too, with two, which some Colin's gotten better at this year. And it's something that, you know, Darius definitely, that's one of his areas, his game that, you know, definitely he needs to work on more. And as he gets older and, you know, starts feeling things out, it's, you know, A, you're going to get more calls and two and B, you know, it's just, just a natural of, you know, figuring out how to put your body in those positions to do it. You know, Darius is just about 11% right now. Um, but, you know, kind of rounding back to my original point, Darius Garland and Trey Young, I mean, it's, you know, comparing their second years, now not outrageous. I mean, Darius is a better defender than Trey Young naturally. Um, you know, Trey Young's obviously so gifted offensively. And, and from a usage perspective, I mean, even last year, I mean, he was at basically 35% usage. And, you know, with, with Colin and Darius, I mean, the way they're going to split that backcourt, it, it it, with both of them in there, it just is going to be really tough to get a usage rate that high. I mean, Darius is 23-some percent. You know, I think Colin is sitting there, you know, anywhere between 26, 28 percent, something like that. Yeah, so basically what I'm telling you is Darius Garland could be Trey Young. <laughs> and that that's not it. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to compare them, you know, as a player. I'm not – I mean, they're both so young. I'm not going to try to compare upside. I'm not trying to say, oh, Darius Garland is, you know, Trey Young's the face of the league. That could be Darius Garland. What I am saying is that from – the stylistic way they play basketball, they're very comparable guys. And I think Darius can do a lot of the things that Trey does if given the leeway and the opportunity to do them. Um, and I know it's not an overnight thing where they're going to say, hey, Darius, here you go. Let's double your three-point attempts, take over the take over the offense you know, forever and just go, 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 run like the Hawks. That's not going to happen. But I think it's a gradual thing that – you know, would be in the organization's best interest, you know, to, to really start to unlock guys, um, you know, like Darius, you know, like Colin, um, you know, like I said, you know, it could just be something where right now they're playing that old school style of basketball and that's going to be the way it is. And, but man, you know, wouldn't it be fun, you know, to watch Darius and Colin really, really start to go and, 
you know, get some more freedom and become the best versions of themselves. And I'm sure it's going to happen. And, you know, that's just going to wrap it up. I mean, just a long way of, of saying Darius Garland should shoot more three-pointers. Um, <laughs> that's basically what this whole thing has been. But, you know, it just shows like, what's out there for him. You know, the potential. He's He's gotten so much better even with the time missed this year than he was a year ago. Um, and, yeah, I just think it, it's going to be really fun watching him here, hopefully. You know, hopefully over these next 60 some games, continue to improve, you know, go up against some of the best guys in the league and, you know, continue to show that not only does he belong, but he's got, you know, he's got some special traits that are really going to make him stand out and help this Cavs team in the long term. So, um, yeah, that was episode two, everybody. Have a good one. Go Cavs. Beat the Clippers.